Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of the Golf Show. Right here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. I am Mike Dodorich. I'm your host here every week, 7 to 8 a.m. Looking out the window, it looks like it's going to be another beautiful day, another golf day. Um, it's interesting, I uh, covered the first tri-state section PGA event this week at Wildwood, and um, it was interesting to, to talk to the players. It was a 32-man field, uh, head professionals, and uh, they played 18 holes, and it was interesting to talk to the guys afterward uh, to get a feel about what, you know, what's going on locally. How are the people responding to being able to get back and play, um, get back and socialize again with their friends and their golf group and, and all that sort of thing. And the numbers that some of the guys told me were not astounding, but they were pretty interesting. Um, Bernie Huff, who's the, the um, head pro at Wildwood, uh, said that uh, last weekend they had 192 players, and Sunday they had over 200 players. And that was a similar vein uh, through talking to, to, I don't know, a half a dozen or ten of the guys. Um, obviously, <laughs> golfers uh, have some pent-up energy after being sidelined for as long as they were. And uh, they're getting rid of that energy by getting out and playing. We've been lucky. Basically, the weather's been good. Um, so that's what, they, that's what the pros uh, re, re, um, not responded, but that's how they looked at it in terms of the amount of play they've been getting. It's pent-up golf, and um, obviously uh, we are out there contributing to that, and um, it's nice to have the opportunity to see golf at the local level. And finally, we're going to see golf, real golf, at the professional level starting Thursday this week, or this coming week. It's the first event of the resumption of the PGA Tour. It's going to be held at the Colonial in uh, Texas. And, you know, we look forward to the majors every year because they have good fields for the most part. Well, this is going to be a field that's, <laughs> I, I would say, is going to be difficult to duplicate this year. There are it's going to be the, the, the um, strongest field in tournament history. And the top five players, for starters, are going to play. That means Roy McElroy, John Rahm, Brooks Kepka, Justin Thomas, and Dustin Johnson are all in the field. That's unusual, to say the least. This will be the first time that the tournament will have the top five players in its field. And there's some other numbers that, that 
you know, make you say, well, this might be very interesting. They have um, our, our friend Patrick Reed, Webb Simpson. In all, 16 of the top 20 will be at Colonial. And 17 or 70 of the top 100 will be there. That's pretty good. Um, how this works will be interesting. Uh, and we've talked about it uh, on this show, and you've, you've read about it and heard about it, how different it's going to be in terms of how the event is conducted, the screening that will go on and has already gone on for guys uh, wanting to get ready to go, uh, the television broadcasts will be different. There won't be nearly as many cameras. Uh, there won't be, um, you know, there won't. There, the numbers of TV people are going to be way down, just like the number of media, print and digital media, will be down. Um, it's funny, oh, ironic, I guess. When I was coming up through the ranks of the newspaper business, there was a, a pretty strong rule that if you weren't at an event physically, then you couldn't write about that event and make it sound like you had been there. I mean, and if you violated that, you know, you were looked upon with, uh, not scorn, but you know, everybody kind of looked at you and said, you know, what are you, what are you doing? Well, the world has changed, as we know, in a lot of ways. One of the ways <laughs> is you don't have to be at an event to write about it. You look at all these websites, uh, sports websites. Um, take Bleacher Report, for instance. I worked for them for a few years. I covered British Opens. I covered the Masters. I covered a whole lot of things right from the comfort of my living room. That's just the way it's done now. Uh, A, because it's expensive to send guys and, and women out to cover these events. So these places that are struggling to, to make a go of it online, they just say, here, watch the event today and write a story about, you know, Brooks Kepka. And that's, that's the way it's done, and that's the way it will be done starting Thursday in terms of the, the group of media that will be on hand. I mean, there are some pretty impressive media centers, press tents, whatever you want to call them, uh, at events around the PGA Tour. But, I, uh, you know, until we get down the road on this, um, 
I don't know that those things will will have been put up and be in use because they're they're very much limiting what uh, what access there's going to be and who's going to get that access. Um, so it's <laughs> once again we're going to see another chapter in professional golf. Uh, it's going to be fun to see what they do. I think we got a little bit of an inkling about how they're going to do this when we watched the um, the challenge from Seminole Golf Club. You know, they use drones, and I think there will be some drones in, in use now on the PGA Tour. Um, but it's going to be different. But as we know, everything is different. And... Uh, we will adjust. Who knows uh, how long this is going to this is going to be in place. Um, but for now, you know, we get to sit back and see how it all works out. Um, you know, they may, and I've not read this yet, but it wouldn't surprise me if the TV, you know, Golf Channel, CBS, NBC, whoever's doing the the broadcast. Uh, doesn't set up their guys to do that rem- remotely like the guys who covered uh, the event at Seminole. Um, you know, th- there was, there were no broadcast people other than a guy on the, on the ground at Seminole. Everybody else was scattered. Mike Tirico was in, in Michigan and he was, you know, he was the lead guy. Um, the other guys were in Jacksonville. So, we're in a developing area now, and once COVID-19 is behind us, another aspect that's going to be fun to see is how the changes that were made now will be put into use post-COVID-19, if any of it. But I'll bet there will be some innovations um, uh, as we move forward. Maybe next year could even be the year after that. But uh, a lot of these things that are going to be put into play may be with us um, uh, for a while. Um, also, there's news this week about um, the, the uh, memorial tournament in Columbus, Ohio, and and we're going to talk about that in depth in our next segment. Um, They're going to have back-to-back tournaments uh, there, and also uh, on Friday, I guess it was, uh, the governor of Ohio, Mike DeWine, uh, announced that they were going to to allow fans at the memorial. Now, there won't be the big crowds that traditionally have, have shown up there, but there will be crowds, so that's a step forward. Um, and, and the the crowd issue is um, something that's playing a big part in whether or not there's going to be a Ryder Cup this year. Um, as we are today, most most golf tournaments will not have fans for the time being. 
Now, the Ryder Cup isn't going to be played till the fall. But right now, they're saying no, no fans. Well, players from both sides have said, if there's no fans, then we don't want to play. Because everybody, you know, anybody who covers it or follows it knows that the fan base on both sides, the U.S. and, and uh, the European teams, is a very rabid fan base. And they're the ones who create the atmosphere. It's, it's you know, you just go back and watch some of the, the old Ryder Cups and watch the fans' reaction. Well, I have been told that that's already been decided and the Ryder Cup is not going to be held. Uh, they're going to move it back to next year, which will be interesting because next year is a President's Cup year. So we very well may have a President's Cup and a Ryder Cup. I'm not sure how that will work. Probably won't work. I'm assuming the President's Cup will take a year off as well. Um, I don't know if you noticed this story this week. We were supposed to, I think it was on Wednesday, we were supposed to get some heavy weather here. Some big thunderstorms were coming. And for the most part, at least southern part of uh, our area, didn't get much, but in Philly, they got hammered. Uh, boy, there was there was damage and some really rough weather. And unfortunately, that weather uh, claimed a victim, uh, a man named Justin Regal, who was the uh, golf professional at Philmont Country Club. Uh, he was in his pro shop. When the storm hit and a tree snapped and crashed down on the pro shop and the cart barn, and um, Justin Regal died as a result of, uh, of that that occurrence, and uh, that's put a sobering event, sobering tone to the start of the golf season in the in the eastern part of the state. It's too bad. I mean. You, you just don't know, and you think you're in a safe place. But uh, Justin had a—he had been uh, around in, in the eastern part of the state, was very, very well respected, and um, he is uh, too bad. That's that's the kind of thing that you can do nothing about. It's a guy being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So that's that's too bad. Oh, and, I, and before I forget, I should mention that Gene Walter won that event at uh, Wildwood Country Club this week. So congratulations to Gene. Um, this week uh, there's another uh, Tri-State PGA event, and then next week they'll have the uh, Tri-State Open at Williams Country Club in Weirton, West Virginia. And one other note as we continue to watch the Augusta National Golf Club gobble up real estate around the club. They purchased this week the National Hills Shopping Center, which is just across Washington Road in Augusta from the club. They bought this shopping center for $26 million, making it the club's priciest single real estate purchase to date. Um, 
they have spent uh, what's what's the number here? Uh, yeah, well, I had it, but I don't know where it is now. Um, they have spent just an astronomical amount of money getting the property around the golf club to be theirs, and they can do with what with it what they want, um, hospitality, uh, parking, all that stuff. Um, it's amazing what you can do if you have money. And Augusta will be the site of the Masters uh, in the fall, in November, and uh, that will be interesting in itself. So, we're a long way from November, however, and we have golf to play and golf to watch uh, between now and then, and we have golf to talk about. And we're going to do that after our first break of the day, and that will include a 2020 sports update. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Memorial Tournament and everything that's going to be going on around it. You are listening to The Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.